Hello, welcome to a special episode of the Manchester is Red podcast being recorded from Gdansk and I'm joined today by a very special guest. You'll remember, you'll know his name, you'll remember the voice from previous podcast episodes. I'm joined by the PA's chief football writer, Simon Peach. How are you doing? I think we've actually done it on the last European away trip we did together, didn't we? On the airport back from Lask. Lask, yes, but we, we did, did we did Bruges. Cologne. Did we do Cologne as well? I don't, I don't think know. we did Cologne. You forget. This yeah, is I what know. I mean. It's just such a merge. But anyway. But yes, I think this is this is your hat trick now. I think it's Bruges, Linz, and uh, and Gdansk. So makes it sound like an Odeon Agarlo goal scoring record. It, it is, yeah, yeah. But ho- hopefully you won't peter out quite quite like he did. I'll but, take his wages. Yeah, uh, but we're we're in the privileged position of actually being able to be out here despite the odd scare from uh, from border control. But we're here fans are here just having a European away game to go to is is it is it a bit of release for you yeah I mean it's been look um, we there isn't we all have worked hard to be in the jobs that we're in but there is a privilege at a time like this to be somewhere like this a European final there's only going to be able to be 2,000 Man United fans maybe a few more because I imagine the locals will be taken up by a number of Reds yeah it's brilliant to be abroad again I've got to admit, putting cotton buds in every part of my face for the last few days hasn't been much fun. But it's no. uh, it's it was it felt important to be here because this has been a quite a quite a good European season for United, and hopefully it can come to a successful end. We were both in Stockholm four years ago. This this feels very different for a variety of reasons. Um, it, it's just the it feels in some ways it feels like the polar opposite, but there was a very emotional backdrop to that final this time the, the backdrop you can't you can't ignore the fact that we're still living in the time of a pandemic but having supporters out here do you, do you see that as I mean it's obviously a positive but does that does that make it a more meaningful final whereas last year in Cologne it would have just been played without fans yeah it's definitely more meaningful than last year if, if United had got there um with Stockholm I, I remember just getting into bed I think we landed two days before and seeing all the video and pictures out of Manchester, the, 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 the attack at the Manchester Arena. And it, it kind of, it, it offered some escapism, I think, from what was going on at home yeah. uh, for, for fans. And I, I don't know how much the fans actually really cared about the trophy. It was more about the city coming together at a time of crisis. This time, it's, it's very, as you say, very, very different backdrop. But we'll, this is a chance for, to put a smile on the faces of people that have had a been going through a difficult time wherever they are in the world some people obviously in the UK we're fortunate now with the vaccine rollout and I'm sure some of your listeners will be in parts of the world where things are things are not going very well on the on the pandemic front so we'll just hope that United can get the result for the players and the manager but also for the fans that are uh, have been dealing with a with a lot of difficult moments in one way or another for the last 15 months. Do you think they will get that win? I feel they should, but doing all my research this morning, <laughs> I keep on Villarreal. I hadn't quite look. We all know Unai Emery, what he's achieved. He did that hat trick uh, uh, of Europa League wins with Sevilla. Sevilla. This is his fifth Europa League final. And there's only been ten or twelve. I think it's twelve. Villarreal. I know well, this is since it's been called the Europa League. But Villarreal have played more games than any other team in this competition. They've played. They've scored more goals. Got more wins. They are experienced. Unai Emery is experienced. You'd think that they're not going to put their chin out like Real Sociedad did in the, yeah. in the first leg. Granada made life difficult for a bit in the first leg, and let let us not forget that Manchester United's last three European seasons have been ended by Euro, uh, by Spanish opposition. Yes, yeah. 
As I said, I've done my yeah, research yeah. this morning. Se- Sevilla, Barcelona, and Sevilla, and Sevilla again. again. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I think they I think United would be foolish to be complacent, and they shouldn't be because they've got Moreno up front, who's the top scoring player after Leo Messi in La Liga. They've got a number of former Premier League players that I'm sure when fans are turning on the TV will go, oh, I remember him. Um, <laughs> But they'll have something to prove as well. So I think Villarreal will be will be about up for it. I, I'm trying to stand like to, to to firm this up, but to me, this is the biggest match in their history. So because they've ne- they've never won a major. Trophy. They've never they won, won a major. They won, won, won the Intertoto twice. Cup. <laughs> twice. <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't even know if you even got a cup for winning that. No, and and it also each. In, I'm sure some listeners won't even know what the Intertoto Cup no. is, but there was like three or four finals each year. So I mean it. It doesn't. It was. It was a strange it, it competition. Was, it was pretty much a European qualifying competition that was played. It felt like almost always pre-season as yeah. well. So I did always dream as a Southampton fan of being in it, <laughs> thinking that was going to be our only ever route to Europe. Um, turns out it wasn't. But um, yeah, and it was like the fair play would get in. You know, do you remember Manchester those? City got into did Europe they? through the fair play award one time? Yeah. So. But um, no, I think Villarreal will be will make life difficult just because of their, their Nelson experience and the the importance of this occasion to them. Because as important as this is for United in their progress, this isn't going to be the, the, the be-all and end-all to the players. In the sense of they will have so much more that they can achieve in their career, whereas Villarreal, this is a big, big moment. That segues nicely on to the next question, Thanks. which I don't, I don't necessarily like asking because it's the whole thing about do trophies count when obviously they do. But given that United have boxed off Champions League qualification given that it is only the Europa League competition that they're only in because they fell through the Champions League group stage trapdoor. Is this game more motivated? Should Villarreal be more motivated for this game? Might they be more motivated? They might be more motivated on paper but United have some winners in the dressing room but they don't have a dressing room that has won together. Mm. So to me this is massive. To in in the in the in their development because yeah Paul Pogba's won a World Cup he's won the Europa League with United Rashford was in part of that starting lineup as well but when I was looking at the lineup from Stockholm when they yeah. last won a trophy to now there is very very little similar well there's not not many similarities at all in that De Gea didn't start no you had Romero you had Chris Smalling Valencia Darmin Darmin Henry Mkhitaryan the Europa League star of yeah. that season it's a very different side it's four years that's too long for Manchester United and. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has gone going the right way, but we all know how quickly things can change. I think him getting a trophy gives him a chance to say, look what we've done, let's kick on. Do you think he's under any pressure if he doesn't win it? Because it seems that's the, it's almost the caveat with certain finals these days, and that if United lose, he's, he's safe as houses. If they win, he's safe as houses. In his role, because there's no there's no real jeopardy there, as far as he's there, there's no anyway. jeopardy now, but you know if United start next season with a few dodgy results like they did this season, they sh- they shouldn't have as many excuses. But if they do that next season, then they'll go. We can't even win a final. They were playing Villarreal. <laughs> oh, and he lost four semi-finals before that. That removes that element. That there, there can still be just you can still argue about the merits of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You'd probably have some saying, "Well, he only won the Europa League." Yeah, I'm sure exactly, but it removes one of those strands and yes. it gives the players something to build on. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what, from my perspective, this would just remove that element of, "Well, well, well, look, you can't even do this, you can't do that." He, he, I think he's done pretty well with the the tools he's been given. I, I didn't expect him to to last this long when he when he took the job. Um, good on him. He's a nice bloke. He, he means a lot to the club. I've seen some videos last night of him 
at an end of season awards dinner and just how much the fans loved him in grainy footage on MUTV in what, 99 or 2000 or whatever it was. And this is a guy that loves his club, knows his club and yeah, he's got a thick skin, which... He has, yeah. He, he smiles, but he has a... He will. He can be cutting, and he has a thick skin, which yeah, and you need. He he needs he needs to be. I think anyone needs to be in that role. He, this this so far has been a progressive season for United. If they were to win, I suppose one of the problems with the Europa League, just winning it, is that it's called the Europa League. I think it was. If well, they still least it's not the it, Conference League. If they still call it the UEFA Cup, I think it would. Mm. As, as strange as it sounds, dull thing to say, very pedantic. It'd probably have a bit more prestige. But if they finish second, they finish second. Sorry, win the Europa League. That's a good season. In terms of the team, I don't think anyone's expecting Dean Henderson to start. I think we're all prime. Dean Henderson might be expecting Dean Henderson yeah, to that, start. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the might, someone might have their finger hovering over a button ready to press send um, when the team news drops on. It's, it's finally confirmed on Wednesday night. But do you think De Gea deserves to start? Uh, yes. I thought his performance against Roma, when we look, excuse me, when we look back at this season in five years' time, or someone just looks at the results, They'll see that he conceded twice or three times in a loss to yeah. Roma. They won't realise that he stopped that match from going completely. Yeah. Well, we might not be saying Gdansk, having had three COVID tests in four <laughs> days. But no, he. I'd like him to start for what he's done for the club. We've discussed this plenty of times uh, away from, away from recordings. Just how interesting this summer is going to be on the goalkeepers' front, and also. I imagine if Solskjaer has one regret, or among his regrets, as you know, manager, will be how he handled the semi-final of the Europa League last year. Because Sergio Romero, a trusty, as trusty and solid a backup as you can imagine, uh, his head f- seemed to fall clean off when he didn't get selected, having played against Copenhagen. And he's never played for the club again. He will never play for the club no. again. Unless there really is a surprise in the goalkeeper <laughs> department tomorrow. He, he, he will never play for the club again. And the way it was all handled... he. United could have they could have salvaged something before the tra- end of the transfer window. I just feel like that was a really big error. So yeah, he's got to handle it carefully. And there, there's been well, I, I mean, I did the piece saying that he has pretty much mismanaged for for a very good man manager. He has mismanaged the goalkeeping situation. And speaking to the Sundays last week, he pretty much said, "Look, I, I can't get away with rotating them again next mm-hmm. season. Something's got to give." It is, it is an ever changing. Issue that, and that maybe a month ago you'd have said Henderson had the momentum, he was the number one. Then De Gea has that performance in Rome. Henderson has a very poor performance against Liverpool. And I suppose Solskjaer's been quite political in the way he's gone about it, in that he probably decided a while ago De Gea was starting, and then he's had this pattern of in and out, in and out the last seven games of the season. Of course, De Gea was out the weekend, he'll probably be back in on Wednesday. But as much as he's tried to politicise that and try and you know, diffuse it, he can't defuse it any longer. So one of one of them has to go in the summer, pro- probably on a loan deal, possibly on a loan deal. But the market is so difficult now. Yeah. Um, and me and you were on the when we were waiting to fly out to here. We were talking about possible landing destinations for a player like a David de Gea. Yeah. Because the market is obviously a lot tougher due to the COVID implications financially. We were like, oh, so when we were thinking outside the box, we were talking about AC Milan. Well, there's a story today that the Lille goalkeeper could be going there. So that's one, one, one of the <laughs> last... <laughs> so that's gone. And, you, and you're, just, you're just trying to see where a player of David, Calibre, uh, David De Gea's calibre and wages and what United would probably want for him could go. There's not many... I can't really see anywhere at the moment. With Dean Henderson, there'll be more clubs that would be interested 
because he's more of a long-term project. But at the same time, then United are losing a potential goalkeeper for the next decade. Yeah. So I don't envy them. And it's a, I guess it's, a, it's one of those good positions to be in. You'd rather have the headache than not. But oh, I don't envy them making that decision. I'm not sure they would, possibly. It, it no, does no. seem like it's too... It's, it's not the competitiveness as such, but the, the, the difference in profiles and the mm. difficulty in actually trying to get rid of one or seeing if there's a, a taker for one of them. Yeah, I would be interested to have seen if David De Gea had held out on contract talks, then the pandemic had hit, what the conversation would be having now. Yeah. I think it would be I think the decision would be made for you. But um he's been an he's been an amazing servant. I I mean, I've said this to you before. I, I actively ignored Manchester United before I covered the club because I'm I'm a supporter of a mid-sized Premier League club and I don't care. Man United win every year. So when this scrawny lad comes over who keeps getting battered from crosses and corners, I just thought, he ain't got a chance. And then you turn over the channel. And now look at him. He's done absolutely amazingly. He, How many times has he won the Sir Matt Busby Award? Is it five? Four, or four five? out of five years. Four, yeah, he won it four out of five years, didn't he? Because Ander Herrera won it Yes. Yeah. in between. He's been an incredible... Ser- Servant, look, we could all mention the fax machine thing and how there was a period I think when that's, he wanted to leave. I think that's the kind of, like, that phrase, like, great servant, when they I say know, about a player, know, and then I it's know. like, but he did, like, it's the same with Wayne Rooney, it's, he was a great servant, but, but he tried to, engineer you know, But every, every player has a buff. Most do, yeah, I mean, even, even Roy Keane did. Roy Keane ensured that he got a, a big new contract after flirting with Bayern Munich and Juventus. I suppose it, the, the perception of the that was the, the bit player. when I was ignoring Manchester United. I think it, I it was that. yes, yeah. That the, the perception apart of from the six player, three, James. I enjoyed the six three. I didn't ignore United that day. <laughs> and and no. King King got sent off in that game as well. But, but with De, De Gea, he I, I'd say between 2014 and 2018, he was probably without peer. He was the best yeah. goalkeeper. I mean, he had far too much to do during. He that did, period, <laughs> which made him look even better. But blame Louis for that um, mostly. I'd but say. no, yeah. There are so many unanswered questions heading into this summer and it'll be really interesting to see how it pans out. Sticking with the final again, a quick fire for you. Twan Zibi or bye? If Twan Zibi was, had more match fitness, I would say Twan Zibi. He started twice last week. I know. <laughs> he, start, he, he started three, three of the last four games he'll have started going into this final. My, I, I would play Twan Zibi, but my, my only issue with him is that he, I've been confused by the lack of minutes he's got all season after playing yeah. so incredibly in PSG you don't play him there and then don't play him it's been very confusing but yeah I think he's more reliable on the whole than Bailly who does produce some incredible challenges but one out of five of them is from something that he'd done up the field and he's got back yes. to, yeah. to stop Yeah, and Bailly didn't have a good game against Liverpool and it did seem that I mean unfortunately we couldn't watch it because we were at Stansted Airport but that did seem a duel at the weekend to determine who's going to partner yeah. um, Lindelof. Do you, Harry Maguire's travelled. Do, do, do you, I was about to say, do you believe Ole Gunnar when he says Harry Maguire, it's not looking good and he's striking this pessimistic tone? Well, he once told me, as you well know, that Marcos Rojo wasn't going to leave and he left the next day. Um, so it is hard sometimes to... Uh, and, and to be honest, if I was Oli, I would fib as well. I've never really understood why they always tell us the team news. I know some Premier League managers have actively or told me that I'm not going to tell you this information because why would I want to help the opposition? This is giving them a, what do we do? Who, who do we best play? Are we going to be able... Because I think Villarreal are trying to decide who partners Moreno. They've got two... Is it Paco Alcacer and Carlos Baca. Yeah. Um, Baca, the... Sevilla, Sevilla, Sevilla and AC Milan, didn't he? Yeah, as well, I think briefly. he played, yeah, he played, played for Emery at Sevilla. So he is a... 
that the different profiles of strikers and who you'd partner with Jared Moreno, I think, would be dependent on who the centre back is. So it makes sense to keep them guessing. And my gut instinct is that Holly could be fibbing, and but I just I think it's a bit of a risk to play him as much as I'd, I'd love Harry Maguire to. For him as well, we've discussed about how important this is in the progress. The importance of the progress of the captain is to lift that trophy aloft. Yeah. Which he probably, I mean, if if they were to win it and if he hasn't played, he, you can probably still see that. Yeah, and he has played a major part, more yeah. of a part than many. Most. Yeah, most. But there's that big final moment. It's not going to be as fulfilling. I think you do get a winner's medal, even if you've... But yeah, Luke, Luke Shaw got a winner's medal uh, in 2017. Rohit did. The did. Yes. Well, I, I'm happy to, especially after speaking to him last week, that I think my opinion of him is even higher than... It already was. Uh, but looking at the rest of the team, the rest of that defence is nailed on. What do you think the front six will be? Because I think everyone knows what the front six will be. What do you think the front six will be? McTominay, Fred, Rashford, Fernandez, Pogba, Cavani, which I don't agree with. Yeah, see, that's Greenwood what I was going to say. I, I would much rather have Greenwood playing on the right. If Rashford is indeed going to be playing on the right, I don't think he's as effective there at no. all. And I don't think Greenwood is the long-term answer necessarily, but... He is the most effective and dangerous right player on the right right now. And as as you said, you spoke to to Luke Shaw in the build up to this match. I spoke to Mason Greenwood, and I came away really, really impressed by his mentality. I was at his press conference, which I know caused a bit of controversy when he first joined up with England. Um, head of the Iceland. Game. Head of the Iceland game. He has changed dramatically in in the way he holds himself, the way he speaks. Um, he speaks with authority. He's he's a quite an impressive character um, and yeah I'd, I think his ability to, to, to fool defenders he we're, it's one of the things we're talking about that didn't make the piece because the audio we, we don't need to go into the, the boring aspects of that but I was saying does your ability to play off the left foot and the right foot give you an edge over defenders and he was saying yes but this season they've doubled up on me on the flank so it's been harder to cut inside which is true, is but, it, but if they do that, that leaves gaps for a, a Cavani, and you can't do both. So no. I'd rather have him there, even though Marcus Rashford's obviously played an extremely important role getting United to the final. But I suppose with Rashford, I mean, you, you, people talk about Solskjaer's favourites. Rashford would be one of them. Certainly when they made those three changes for the Fulham game last week, he was one of the players to drop out. But I don't think anybody said, oh, Rashford's been dropped here. Mm. He is a favourite, but the issue he is now is... Pogba's kind of crept. They, the, 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 they've got about three or four left wingers, oh. and the starting left winger is a central midfielder. Yeah, he's gradually crept further and further forward. In an ideal world, you'd have him playing on the left of the three in the middle, yeah. rather than. The, but yeah. it just the balance doesn't seem right because Ollie just wants that protection in front of the back, well, the back two, which is makes sense because if you've got that block there, it allows the wingers to go up the flanks. Maybe wan should try that a bit more often. So that that makes sense. And you are going to need those two if Maguire's not there. Yeah. Well, speaking to Owen Hargreaves, he, he said something that on paper should, could work, in that if they went 4-3-3, they had a holding midfielder, and then you've got the two tens of Pogba and Fernandes, a bit like City do, have done with De Bruyne and Foden, or De Bruyne and David Silva. But I think possibly you need a coach as great and peerless as Pep Guardiola to... Make that happen. Maybe if Guardiola was the United manager, he probably would do that with Pogba and Fernandez. Yeah, but he does also have a slightly different calibre of player to yes. surround them. Yes. 
he he is the best coach probably of our generation. But yeah, he Solskjaer doesn't have. I think he's. I think he does well with the pieces he's got. Put it that way. He has done. Yeah, yeah, and they they certainly need more pieces in the summer. Well, he's said it enough, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so, is kind of unusual for him. Did you think that? Yeah, I think he's probably been a bit more forthright, also certainly forceful than than he usually is in terms of just coming out with it unprompted. Yeah. Was it after the Leicester game? He said we might need one or two more and yeah. he's always said we need one or two and it's one or two more so it's yeah. kind of like just it's creeping up yeah increasing by pre-season we need eight yeah. uh, I, th- I think everybody's in agreement that they do need a, a centre back a midfielder and a right winger whether they occupy all those positions remains to be seen because it's it's another summer fraught with uncertainty just because of the pandemic and also various uh, United players futures that are unresolved and might still be unresolved beyond the window uh, you, you obviously love getting questions from people on Twitter asking for Sancho news I do any kind of news uh, but what would what would you what's your gut feeling how United will get on in the summer this is the interesting thing because obviously I'm really interested to see how the Glazer family reacts yeah there's that as well um, to the the peak of negativity towards them which they brought on themselves and in the long run, it might actually prove beneficial for the club in, in, in a variety of different ways, including the on-field product. Because Joel Glazer, in that letter to fans, I can't even remember which one it is now. It's amazing that we've actually had multiple had letters, two letters yeah. um, promising to invest in infrastructure and the, and the squad. And they have invested in the squad in years gone by, but they've always had the chance to do that bit more to speed up the process of progress. Yeah. Or they've made some dodgy decisions. Uh, in the in the recruitment, but this time they, they they seem to be getting more right than they get wrong at the moment. And in terms of signings, and I would like them to get that centre back. I think they could do with another right back's cover, or to look look how Alex Tellez yeah, has trick, helped. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a fresh from winning La Liga. He might might look to come home. He's been there for two years now. He's proved everything he could want to prove. I mean, personally, I'd like the Madrid weather a little bit more than Manchester. Uh, he'll have a life living back in Manchester. The Berry Beckham. Once he's once he's hung up his boots, but that that would be an interesting one, and certainly a player I'd like to see uh, playing or competing with Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I'd, this right winger that United haven't signed an out-and-out right winger for the entire time I've covered the club, I find it kind of maddening and bizarre. Yeah. I would like them to get that, and obviously Cavani signing that deal has kind of lessened the need to get that out-and-out striker. And I really hope Martial and. Rashford and Green would take this chance to, to learn from him because they are obviously capable of playing. This is twenty five year old Anthony Marshall who yeah, turns twenty six this year. Yeah, fine, but I think when you've seen Cavani lead the line, it's just such a different option. And I know he's a different profile of striker, but come on, like you can, there's there's things you can pick up, and he, he surely will because brilliant, isn't he? There's not many better out there. Cavani or Martial? Martial, but this is the frustrating thing because how how good was he that season he joined? Was the first season. No, he had had a very good first season given the pressure that was on him and And, the scrutiny. And also, let's remember how Luke Shaw responded to being kind of knocked down confidence-wise, let's say, by... Louis Van Gaal. Well, by, uh, by, by Jose. Jose. Van Gaal was the one who first came out and said he's not fit enough to do what I need him to do. I know. And, and but obviously, been... he, had his, he had many, many issues yeah, with Mourinho. But, but yeah, the, the, 
but that that's the point I'm making. It takes a while to rebuild after that, and it looked like Martial had done that. It feels like he dropped off a bit. Hopefully, he can kick on again. Good pre-season because it's it's a shame for him that he's missing this final with the chance to be involved. But but Martial's problem is he doesn't respond well to competition. Ibrahimovic came in and he had that passive aggressive hissy fit online, changing his. Um, his social media cover photo to the number nine because Ibrahimovic had taken the number nine off him. Uh, Sanchez came in and then six months later his agent saying he wants to leave. And then of course Cavani has come in who was clearly brought in as kind of like a backup striker, someone to keep him, keep Marshall on his toes. And he's just, he's, he's trodden all over his toes. He's shown him, look, this is how you're meant to play as a striker. And Marshall's scored two goals from Premier League starts this season. But they, as I said, they are different types of strikers. But I it's think- Marshall's striker. Uh, I think he can be. I just don't think necessarily in this system. I think that's I don't the problem. Think, I don't if we're, if we're still talking, he can be when he's twenty-five. I know, years but do you not think it's the system uh, as well? well? He's got Fernandez supporting him right behind him. He's got. Well, Fernandez takes all the shots as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not always, not always uh, uh, to, to, to Marshall's advantage. But well, what what formation would? No, I just mean in the sense that Cavani is a different type of striker. He. He can hold up the ball, he runs into pockets, he pulls people's space. Martial has never done that. I think the frustrating thing that fans notice... Harry Kane does that. Yeah, that fans notice, and the, the, the numbers reflect as well, is that Cavani has got a, is much better and more aggressive at pressing than Martial. Now, you know that just from watching them anyway, but the, the fact that the numbers measure it as well, when Martial's someone who's, what, I think he's nine years younger than Cavani... It should be the other way around. It should be the young man, you know, running sprightly, but it's not the case. But whether it will happen for Martial, in fact, we're still talking about this like I that. Hope Even it. I hope he it ha- does. He had, he had, I thought he had a pretty good underrated season last season. Yeah, he, he did, did he's very he's well. He's got 22 goals, was it? 20 goals? I think it was 23, yeah, 23, 22. I mean, he was top scorer. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, and I said that. I think I gave him an 8 out of 10 in my uh, player ratings of the season, so... Well, that's what seeing your player ratings yes. into this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my, my player of the season's already decided. I, I'd have given it to Shaw, but I think it was pretty inevitable that Bruno Fernandes was going to keep that Samat Busby statue. I think we've covered all bases going into the final. The press conference is, is later. I mean, depending on what time you, you're listening to this, you might have already watched, read or listened to what was said in that. We'll probably do another one of these before before I fly home and go into isolation but Simon thank you very much for your time no worries I uh, hope this England squad announcement goes well for the United players as well <laughs> yes England duty coming soon uh, but thank you very much for listening and also if you'd like to leave us a review or a rating on the uh, Apple store that would be greatly appreciated thank you very much